TII item 253, January 4th, 2013. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by the TII app, the official app for the Today in iOS podcast. Search for TII in the iTunes app store. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank David for sending in the music you hear in the background. David wrote, Hi Rob, I made this song on my iPod Touch 4th Gen while sitting at the airport using GarageBand. It was my first real attempt to actually put something together using my iPod, and with the exception of not knowing where the undo was and how to get the darn thing off my device, it went pretty well. Thanks for letting me share. Regards, David from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Thanks, David, for the music, and folks, I'll try to remember to put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Carl for sending in the artwork for today's show. Carl wrote, Hi Rob, I have given up carrying a heavy DSLR camera and now do all my photography with my iPhone 4. I started a blog to document my journey to photography minimalism. Check it out at dslr2iphone.wordpress.com. The attached artwork started with a screenshot processed by the sketch filter on Iris, then added the TII with Adobe Idea, all on my iPhone 4. Regards, Carl G. Well, Carl, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see Carl's artwork in the TI app for the extras for episode 253, or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com forward slash today in iOS. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device and would like to share it with the audience, please email it to todayinios at gmail.com and make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. And I really need some more music because I don't have any for the next episode. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, the iPhone, with its single annual update and super premium price, has been run down from behind by a pack of rivals with segmented product ranges, six-month product cycles, and aggressive price points. Android phones now outsell Apple 5 to 1, and the iPad is on the same path, exacerbated by rivals willing to subsidize device sales in pursuit of e-commerce and advertising. Unquote. Paul Sagwa, Sector and Sovereign Research, 19th of November, 2012. I think these analysts miss a big key point. All these other people making smartphones and tablets outside of Samsung, that is, they are not making any money. Apple makes more profit than all the other smartphone manufacturers and tablet makers combined. And on the tablet side, even with cut rate pricing, the iPad is still the king of the hill sales-wise and profit-wise. Should be interesting to hear the numbers this month for the last quarter. Bated breath, I do with weight. A quick reminder, if you are an app developer, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include a 60-second or less audio review of your app, indicating up front you are the dev. When you send in the promo codes, please make sure to also let me know when they expire. 
you don't have promo codes to give away or if your app is free and you still want to get a review of your app up on the show, you can just send in a 60-second or less review of your app. Again, making sure you mention up front you are the dev. We'll work it into a future episode of the show, just not at the beginning of the show. Event this morning, Apple unveiled the first ever iPhone geared specifically towards college-aged girls, which comes with an already broken screen. According to CEO Tim Cook, quote, the new model has the same functionality as the iPhone 5, but is thinner, lighter, and already so shattered you can barely read anything or dial half of the numbers. And the company is letting customers select from a number of pre-shattered options, from phones that say, I like to get drunk and ride a bike, to phones that say, I drop this in a beer. I used to have to go out dancing and get in a fight with my friend Stacy and then throw my phone into a wall. And now it just comes this way. I have been waiting for this since my last iPhone fell in a sewer. The company says its next iPhone will be primarily geared towards dads and is pre-programmed to call you anytime they have a question about the iPhone. That clip comes courtesy of The Onion. And speaking of cracked screens, thanks goes out to listener Eric Castillo at iCare iPhone Repair. Actually, a big thanks, a huge thanks, no, a humongous thanks goes out to Eric. As you may know, my six-year-old son recently dropped my iPhone 4S and shattered the screen. And Eric was kind enough to send me a replacement screen. And after a touch-and-go, one-hour, 54-minute surgery on my iPhone 4S, I am happy to report when I powered my iPhone 4S back on, it came to life and is working properly. I will say that if you ever plan on doing your own iPhone repairs, go to Radio Shack and get the mobile phone toolkit. To ask for the mobile phone toolkit. It's actually not in the DIY section or DIY section. It's in the mobile phone area. So again, ask at Radio Shack for the mobile phone toolkit. The plastic pry tools are really needed and really a big help, especially when you're trying to get out the vibrator. If you have to take that, if you have to go all the way down and get the screen out, it's a complete rip apart. That all said, I have worked on electronics for over 30 years, and the iPhone 4S is one tricky disassembly and reassembly. Definitely need to watch a video while you're taking it apart and putting it back together. Again, Eric at iCare iPhone Repair, thanks so much for the new front panel. And my six-year-old son says thanks too. Folks, you can follow Eric on Facebook at iCare iPhone Repair. So facebook.com forward slash I care iPhone repair. And you can hit them up there if you need some repair work done. Hey, speaking of sons and iPhones, one item that got a bit of press this holiday season was about a mommy blogger that put up a list of 18 terms and conditions for her 13-year-old son to agree to and follow if he wanted to get and keep an iPhone. Now this list is full of some common sense items such as no porn, or keep your eyes up, see the world happening around you. But one of them is one I recommend to my brother and sister and friends that have uh, kids and iOS devices, and one I think is really important for any parent, and that is number two on her list. I will always know the password, I being the parent. And I would take that even one step further. When it comes to email on your iOS device for your child, Only the parent should know the password. What I did with my sister's kids' new iPad minis is I helped her set up email addresses for each device. You kind of need those emails for each device if you want to use iMessage. But they also wanted to use email. So what we did was set up Gmail accounts for each kid and then another new email account for my sister, the parent. And that's the parent account. 
Then in Gmail, we set it up to forward a copy of every inbound email to my sister's parent account. So each of the kids' emails, Gmail accounts, we set up forwarding, which every inbound email would get forwarded to my sister's parent account. You can also set up the iOS device to send a BCC copy of every email sent out. This way, you get a copy of every email coming in and out of that iOS device to the parent account. We also turned on restrictions after that was all set up and turned off the ability to change, delete, and add email accounts. And only my sister, the parent, knows the restrictions password. That is how you secure an iOS device for email use. So I would say what was missing in the list from the mommy blogger was as the parent, only you should know the passcode to restrictions and only you as the parent will know the password to the email. So yes, that 18 point agreement was fine, but I think there still needs to be even more control of your kids' iOS devices and the younger they are, the more control is needed. Switching gears, some would tell you the new iPhone Do Not Disturb commercial has horrible timing for its release given that the glitch many experience with iOS 6 and Do Not Disturb not working correctly on New Year's Day morning, right when that commercial was released. Seems Apple or Siri or some celestial force decided many iOS 6 users just party too hard on New Year's Eve and decided not to turn off Do Not Disturb as scheduled. Scott Forrestal has reportedly turned down the request to apologize for that. Now, of course, it might just be that his Do Not Disturb was still turned on and he just didn't hear the call. Now, as embarrassing as this glitch is, was, it could have been worse. It could have let calls and text in at 6 in the morning on New Year's Day. Now, back to the commercial. I don't think the timing is the worst part here. I think it's the whole concept of the commercial, which shows the Williams sisters, Venus and Serena, playing ping pong with the person dreaming from the person who is dreaming's perspective. Really, you have the Williams sisters in a dream and you are playing ping pong with them. Yeah, not the dream most men could relate to, if you know what I mean. Badminton, now that I could understand. But ping pong? What kind of men do they think we are? Just saying. Seems there were multiple posts out there around the holidays about some people that updated to iOS 6.0.2 on their iPhone 5 and iPad mini seeing some issues with battery life. Interestingly, I did not hear of any of those issues for any listeners, and it seems not to be that widespread of an issue. But if you have an iPhone 5 or iPad mini and you did upgrade to iOS 6.0.2 and you have had any noticeable issues with degraded battery life, please let us know. 206-666-6364, 206-MOON-DOG, or shoot us an email at todayinios at gmail.com. Hey, Rob. I have a bug that happened on my wife's iPhone 4S running iOS 6.0.1. Basically, no audio is coming out of it, out of the speakers or out of the headphone jack. I looked around on forums, and basically, people seem to think that the iOS device has tricked itself into thinking that it's still plugged into a dock, so no audio will come out. And I tested it out by plugging it into a dock I had attached to speakers, and the audio worked, and I unplugged it, and for like two seconds it worked again, and then it just shut off. I haven't updated to 6.0.2, but I'm going to do that, see if maybe that fixes this issue. Some people had suggested putting it on the dock and taking it off would work making sure it wasn't muted, which it was, and some other things. 
If anyone has any ideas for me, that would be great. Hope you have a great day and Merry Christmas. Now, I have heard of this issue before, and one of the solutions I heard from people was taking a can of compressed air and blowing in at the bottom of the 30-pin dock connector. This seems to clear out some debris that gets in there and kind of shorts it out and tricks it into thinking it's still in the dock. So I would suggest if you've got a can of compressed air, uh, go ahead and get it and spray it in the bottom and try to blow out the dock connector. If you don't, grab your driver's license, head over to Target, and pick up some compressed air. Yes, you do need your driver's license to buy compressed air because some people do bad things with it. But anyway, once you get that, blow it in the bottom and see if that fixes your issue. You might have to blow it a couple times in there before it frees up whatever might be shorting out your connection. If anyone else has had this problem and had another solution, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I don't know if this has been mentioned in any podcast, but I've discovered a hidden gem in mapping. The MapQuest app will locate your contacts and accurately plot directions with voice turn-by-turn navigation. This fixes the missing features such as a little thing called accuracy in notorious Apple Map app and the Google inability to locate contacts. Regards, Barry. Barry, thanks for the heads up on MapQuest. That is the one app that I seem to like the most. That's the one I've been using for my turn-by-turn for a little bit now. Hello, Rob. You mentioned in your last episode that it once again is possible to gift an app from within the App Store on an iDevice. Where exactly do you find that option? It would make sense to me if it was an option once you search for an app or pick an app, but I cannot find this. I also looked under Share, but... All I see is email, Facebook, Twitter, etc. Thanks for any light you might shed on this issue. Regards, Sigurd. Hi, Sigurd. In the App Store app on your iOS device, when you find an app you want to gift, tap on the box with the arrow coming out of it in the upper right. Then you will get a popover with multiple options. One of the options is gift. Just tap that and away you go. Hope that helps. Hi, Rob. My wife and I are on Verizon Wireless, and in January, we're going to upgrade her to an iPhone 5. She currently has a BlackBerry Storm. I couldn't be more excited for her. My question, though, is if we share an Apple ID so we can share some apps, will she have to have all the apps that I have and vice versa? I'm sure we will want to share some of the apps on her new phone, but not all. Regards, Shannon H. in Fountain Hills, Arizona. Hi, Shannon. Good question. Answer is no. You can each pick and choose which apps you want on your iOS devices. I would recommend turning off the option where it auto-downloads on the device any apps purchased for that account. Otherwise, whenever she downloads a new app, it will automatically download to your iOS device as well as vice versa, which could be an issue if you download one of those hot chick type apps or vice versa. Hey, Rob, this is uh, Chris calling in again from California. You had a listener in episode 251, I believe it was, call in about using iMovie and importing files and stuff. And I just had this problem. The way you uh, deal with it is you have to have the camera connection kit and don't use the USB side. Use the, I mean, uh, don't use the SD side. Use the USB side. Get yourself a flash drive. Title it DCIM and just drag and drop your uh, videos onto that and then um, it'll upload just fine in your in, right into your camera roll. Okay, I hope this helps the listeners, and I really love your show. You guys, uh, you keep up the good work, Rob. All right, thanks. Thanks to Stephen for the heads up on the iOS 6 Panorama photo tip. 
and that is by tapping on the panorama window where the arrow is when you first start the pick or right before you start the pick, it will reverse the arrow and now you can go from right to left rather than from left to right as it is set by default. Thanks, Stephen. Stephen is also the developer of the IW Guide, all one word, which is a free app that gives you a listing of what shows and movies are available now from Netflix for instant streaming and how long they'll be available. Again, search for IW Guide, I-W-G-U-I-D-E, one word, in iTunes. Apple just announced that their quarterly conference call to go over last quarter sales will be on Wednesday, January 23rd. So what are they going to be talking about? Well, sales, and lots of them. If the following stories are any indication, that is. Over at CNET, they had one such story titled, iPhone snags its highest U.S. market share ever. It was based on looking at a 12-week window ending on November 25th. The research firm Kantar World Panel Comtext stated that Apple, quote, reached a major milestone in the U.S. by passing the 50% share mark for the first time, unquote. Again, this was for the U.S. and for smartphones. In Europe, Android phones combined for 61% share versus the iPhone's 25.3% share during that 12-week window. Please note, all these numbers are based on surveys, so grain of salt take with them should we. Hi, Rob. I just wanted to let you know that I went ahead and ordered a couple of iPad meetings. I got a white one, 16 gigs for the wife, and I got a black one, 32 gig Wi-Fi and cellular for myself. I'm gonna be taking a trip down to um, Vegas for CES, and I wanted to make sure that if I needed Wi-Fi, I mean, if I needed cell service, you know, I was gonna have it. So, so far, they look pretty good, I'm excited. I turned them on, activated them, went ahead and uh, set up hers and mine. Now the hardest part of this is I'm going to have to wrap them up, put them under the tree, and let them sit there until Christmas Day. You know, it's going to be extremely hard to look at that box, sit in there, and not being able to touch it. All right, keep up the good work. This is Hector from Auburn, New York. Hector, thanks for the feedback, and I look forward to seeing you next week at CES. Another thing Apple should be talking about on the quarterly conference call is the iPad mini and how it did. And if demand in China is any indication, it did great. As the iPad mini is still seeing stockouts in China, and in the U.S., it is still listed as one week for delivery for all versions and colors. In China, it is also being reported that the iPhone 5 is the most popular high-end handset once again. Of course, if one does not believe the analysts and surveys... One could always look to social media to figure out how iOS devices are doing, and that is what some people with too much time on their hands did. They searched for tweets with the phrase, first iPhone from dot dot dot, and then looked to see what came in the dot 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 place. And for a 24-hour period starting on Christmas Eve, the winner was Apple iPad. There were 1,795 tweets found with iPad finishing that tweet, versus 250 tweets for Kindle, versus 100 tweets for Google Nexus, versus 36 tweets for Microsoft Surface. For those keeping track at home, that is an over 4.6 to 1 ratio of iPads versus Kindles, Nexuses, and Surfaces combined. Of course, as we have learned, usage does not always dictate sales. 
And it's very possible people that had Android devices are just finally figuring out now how to send out their first tweet. Just saying. So let's say you don't want to believe analysts or inventory checks or surveys or tweets. Well, then you could always just look at hard data, like ad impressions delivered by a big ad network. And in this case, we are talking about the Chitika folks once again. Chitika looked at tens of millions of ad impressions and requests from December 8th to December 14th. And what they found for tablets was similar to past findings. iPad kicked butt and took names. Like the Kindle Fire, which had 4.8 impressions for each 100 for an iPad. The Galaxy Tab, where there was 3.04 per 100. And the Nexus at a paltry 1.22 impressions per 100 for the iPad. We also looked at the Asus Transformer, the Nook, the Playbook, the Acer Kano, plus another five, and then a catch-all for unidentified Android tablets. And the overall findings were there was a total of 14.75 ad impressions for all non-iPad tablets for each 100 impressions for iPad tablets. Or put another way, over 87% of tablet traffic comes from an iPad. Now, if it is true that Android tablets are making up over 40% of tablet sales, but barely able to make it above 12% of traffic, really makes you wonder what people are doing with said devices. I mean, I understand why traffic is so poor on Android smartphones. People just got those devices for the most part because they just wanted a phone. But with a tablet, that logic doesn't fit. So either sales are not what analysts and surveys say for Android devices, or they just really suck something bad and people just don't want to use them. Just saying. Anyway, January 23rd will be here soon, and it'll be interesting to hear what Apple has to say about last quarter sales for iOS devices. Oh, and a quick update. Chutika updated their numbers for tablets today, or more specifically, they extended the time period they looked at to now cover December 1st through December 27th. What they found was pre-December 25th, the iPad had an 86% share of traffic versus a 78.9% share of traffic from December 25th to the 27th. The big winner was the Kindle Fire from the 25th to the 27th, going up to 7.5% from about 4.5% before Christmas. Still, at 78.9%, the iPad is the clear dominant force in tablet usage. It will be interesting to see where those numbers are two months from now, Will people still be using the Android tablets, or will they be in a drawer somewhere collecting dust? More to come on this story in the future. Okay, and now to look into the future a bit for Apple products, we first need to step back to mid-2012, and the rumor, speculation, hope that in September of 2012, Apple would announce a Bluetooth-connected iPod Nano to also use as a wristwatch, i.e. a Pebble competitor officially from Apple. And well, you know, if you listen to this show, I was hoping, speculating, that would be announced this last fall. And well, not so much. But now, that rumor is for some reason back running the circuit. This time, with the added twist, it is something Apple is working on with Intel. Huh? Okay, I still think Apple will eventually release a Bluetooth watch that works with your iPhone. But working with Intel? Huh? Just don't follow that part of the rumor. I mean, why? Per the specifics of the rumor, as translated to English, quote, 
supply chain said Intel is designed for Apple Bluetooth smartwatches. This product is RIT display, 1.5 inch OLED screen. Other aspects of the supply chain with a Renewn Ocean of OGS Encore Indium Tin Oxide Transparent Conductive ITO Glass, unquote. Again, huh? Why would Apple look to Intel to design anything for them? I think Apple already has the hardware design side pretty well covered. But take out the Intel part and any of those specs that we just mentioned, and yeah, I think we'll see an iWatch, or whatever it will be called, in 2013. Of course, please note, I thought we would see it in 2012 as well. In addition to the iWatch rumor, there is, of course, the let's predict it for each year that starts with a 2 rumor for an Apple TV, or iTV, or big screen TV by Apple rumor. Will we see that in 2013? I would say the likelihood is greater than 50%, but less than 90%. Yeah, how is that for taking a stand? How about a 7th gen iPhone? Or if you prefer an iPhone 5S? Yep, 100%. We will see that in 2013. <laughs> Way to go out on a limb, Rob. Along with a new iPad Maxi and a new iPad Mini, most likely the iPad Maxi will be the first item upgraded, and it will take on the look and design of the iPad Mini with the dual speakers and a little bit more flatter design. Do I think the iPad mini will be Retina? Well, that would be an easy call since most think a new iPad mini is coming with Retina. However, I am not one of them. And I think it will be 2014 before we see an iPad mini with a Retina display. Another rumor is Apple will or should acquire ways to help the mapping side and to help with the real-time traffic data. Over at CNET, they mentioned that Apple likes to cast a shadow over CES. Yeah, never really noticed that, did you? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And they like to get the people there talking about Apple rather than what's at CES, which they have done very well the past few years. But this year, it just does not seem likely it would be a device announcement, which leaves us with software or acquisition announcements, as all the other items for 2013 just don't seem to match up well with CES timing-wise, at least to be announced in the next few days. Either way, Apple likes to overshadow CES, and it'll be interesting to see if Apple can do it again this year, especially since I'll be there. One rumor slash item that just popped up is reports about iPhone 6s and iOS 7 showing up in developer log reports. This could be the case of Apple testing out the next iPhone already, or the next version of iOS 7, but it seems a little early for those reports. It could also just as likely be someone spoofing their device info just to create the bogus reports. Is iOS 7 coming out? Yes. Is the next iPhone coming? Yes. Are these latest reports of them showing up in, in logs legit? Probably not. And an update here. CNET is now reporting that earlier reporting of the Waze rumor, people got ahead of themselves on that rumor as they now say the infamous, a source familiar with Apple's thinking. Wait, huh? Let's think about this a second. A source familiar with Apple's thinking. And they are unnamed. Okay, whatever. Anyway, CNET's source says, nope, Waze is not getting acquired by Apple. But TechCrunch's source says, is too. Oh wait, is not. Seems TechCrunch then backed off its story. 
So now it seems Apple is neither acquiring Waze nor TomTom, which per the latter is probably a good thing. Staying on the rumor front, the other crazy rumor is that there will be multiple iPhone colors available in mid-year, and some are expanding that rumor to say also multiple sizes. I only mention this because, well, I want to be able to come back later in the year and say, see, I told you that was a crazy rumor with no chance of happening, which is what I am saying. Just saying. Hi, Rob. This is Woody calling from New Jersey with a review for the Waze, W-A-Z-E, Maps app, which is by far the best navigation product on the market. It is uh, specifically designed use in collaboration with all the other users who report in various traffic conditions, construction, abandoned cars, and even police officers and speed traps and speed cameras along the road. So they have a very easy interface to make that uh, safe to do while you're driving, but it's invaluable information. And the system will actually reroute you dynamically based on what the other users ahead of you on the road are experiencing. First, it's got turn-by-turn directions. It's got voice guidance. You can search for various points of interest using Yelp, Google, Yellow Pages, Bing, Foursquare, and even your contacts in the iOS contact book. You can search by category. So if you're looking for gas stations or restaurants or Starbucks or whatever, uh, you can find them. You can also favorite certain locations. And it's got a much better history functionality than the new Google Maps app does, which I found very lacking. It has a pretty cool functionality for meeting up with other people, so you can kind of post your location and have your friends come find you. Of course, you can control who sees that. You can mark your parking spot so you can find it once you're on your way back to your car. And then it has the ability to find nearby gas stations with their gas prices, which is really handy. It came in handy here in the Northeast when we had this hurricane and gas was very scarce, you could find uh, the best deal nearby. So uh, very, very cool app. It's totally free, and I cannot understand for the life of me why Apple just doesn't plunk down and buy these guys because they have figured out how to crowdsource information and come up with a slick user design at uh, the envy, I think, of the marketplace. So check it out, W-A-Z-E, the best map app in the App Store. Thanks again for all you do. Love the show. Now I want to state, Woody sent that review in about Waze before the rumors started about Apple acquiring Waze. Thanks, Woody, for your feedback. This next story or item I didn't think was legit when I first saw it. It is about the app Cycloramic. C-Y-C-L-O-R-A-M-I-C. C-Y-C-L-O-R-A-M-I-C. Cycloramic. This is a 99-cent app just for the iPhone 5 actually just for a naked iPhone 5. What this app does is it takes a panoramic video by placing the iPhone 5 on its bottom edge, standing upright. It then uses the vibrator to cause the iPhone 5 to revolve in a circle while it records the video. It just records video, no audio. It is a cute parlor trick. Hey, look at what my smartphone can do kind of thing. Now, based on comments from those that have used the app, it seems it requires very smooth and level surface for this thing to work. Again, the app is called Cycloramic. Link in the show notes, of course, over today on iOS.com for episode 253. Do you watch CBS TV shows? Do you have an iPad? 
Do you often wish you had an app that greatly enhanced your CBS TV viewing experience? Well, guess what? Your wish has been granted with the release of the new and free CBS Connect iPad app, which works as your second screen, allowing for social interaction with other watches of said CBS TV shows. Starting with NCIS LA on January 8th, and then Hawaii Five-0 on January 14th, and CSI on January 16th, you will be able to use the app to, quote, more deeply engage with each and every new episode, unquote. And you know what? You'll let me know how that worked out for you. Thanks for all those that sent in this next one, which is a post with steps to take to change your carrier listed on your iPhone to whatever you want, like mine says Libsyn, or sometimes TII. There are eight steps, and I will not go over them here, other than to say, if this is something you want to do, look for the link titled How to Change Your iPhone Carrier Logo Without Jailbreaking in the show notes for episode 253 over at todayinios.com. Of course, if you are jailbroken like me, then it's even easier. Just download the City app, Fake Carrier, all one word, it is free. Then you can quickly and easily change the carrier to whatever you want. This comes in handy when taking screenshots for tutorials and wanting to add in some additional branding. But either way, jailbroken or not, you can change your carrier logo. Some interesting stats from Google today or yesterday on Android. Gingerbread is finally less than half of all installed devices now sitting at 47.6% of Android devices. That is based on data collected for a 14-day period ending January 3rd. Jellybean 4.1 is now up to 9%, and 4.2, Jellybean 4.2, is at 1.2% adoption. To put those numbers in perspective, Gingerbread would be equivalent to iOS 3.x and Jellybean to iOS 6, Jellybean 4.1 was released in July, and 4.2 was released right about when iOS 6 was released. Right now, over 60% of iOS devices are running iOS 6, and barely 10% are running Jellybean. And still, over 47% are stuck multiple major revisions back. This is the issue with Android. It's just a major cluster frack. Just saying. Hi, Rob. This is uh, Steve from Arizona doing a case review for the iPhone 5. All of you who maybe received an iPhone 5 for Christmas uh, need a case. In the case, I would highly recommend the one I'm using is the Squidgy T Tone, T-O-N-E-S. It comes in seven different colors. It's very much like the Eclipse case that was for the iPhone 4, iPhone 4S, which is my favorite case for that device. The Tone's as it says, comes in two colors, and it has a small way-on-the-table design. It is amazingly thin, uh, which will make your iPhone 5 look absolutely beautiful. Uh, the buttons are tactile and easily done, and it even has uh, port covers, as always, with Switch Easy cases, as well as coming with two screen shields, two front and one back, all for $24.99. So if you're looking for a great case, without a doubt, my favorite, 9 out of 10, uh, stars I would give it is the Switch Easy Tones. Thanks, Rob, for all you do. Have a happy new year. Steve, thanks for the review. And folks, that's Switch Easy, one word, Tones, T-O-N-E-S. And I will, of course, have links in the show notes to said case. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. With Apple Maps, I like to leave the map set to my route to work, and I open every day before leaving to see the traffic situation. The map settings and layout is saved when the Maps app 
is closed and released from memory. So whenever I open it, I see the same view. It works great and is very accurate. I tested this on the new Google Maps and it doesn't work as well. If you set the map app from Google up to show a certain area and turn on traffic, once the app is closed and released from memory, when reopened, the map shows the current location and all settings are back to default. Google Maps isn't perfect. I admit I'm a big Apple fanboy like you and want to see them win this battle. Regards, Darren. Hi, Rob. My question for the listeners is, what would be the best piece of hardware on the market to use as a baby monitor to pair with iOS devices? My brother's wife is pregnant, and I'd like to get them something where they can view the monitor via their iPhone or iPad from within the house and when they are out of the house. Regards, Andy. Wow, Andy, I'm, I'm hurt. You didn't even ask me for this question. Not that I have an answer, and I was just going to throw it out to the audience anyway. But, boy, you didn't even give me a chance. So anyway, if you are a listener and you have a good answer for Andy on a good way to use your iOS device and a baby monitor to manage what's going on or watch what's going on in or outside of the house, give us a call, 206-666-6364, 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email back. Hi, Rob. I'm a stroke victim and now blind and thus use voiceover on an iPhone 4S. My issue is due to my stroke, I cannot double-click it quick enough to dismiss apps, rename, or other double-click actions. Any suggestions? Side note, I use split tap for much functions, but cannot do app close or other features of double-clicking. Regards, Ray. Folks, I'm going to send this one out to you. If you have any help for Ray here on some ways he can... Replace the double tap with some other gestures. Please let us know. 206-666-6364, 206-MOON-DOG, or send that email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I'm looking to travel to Asia next year. When researching destinations, I noticed how useless the maps are for me. Country place names are written in local language, not English. How would I report this error to Apple? Regards, Roger in Norway. Hi, Roger. I see the issue as well for the names. I went and looked on my iOS 6 device running iOS 6 and Maps, and yep, those names are definitely not English. There is an option that's supposed to force it to the language setting that you've selected for your iOS device, and that does not appear to be working. I would guess you can report this via the Report and Issue option in the Maps for iOS 6 and select My Problem Isn't Listed and then describe it in there. I mean, I would suggest doing that. Maybe if enough people complain, they'll do something. Hi, Rob. It's uh, Steve from Arizona. Happy almost new year. Just wanted to call to give a brief review of a Kickstarter project that I supported and received. It is the Who's, W-H-O-O-Z. And what Who's is, is basically a bunch of stickers. There are some for the iPhone, uh, some for the iPad. I bought all of them. Some plain, some with faces that go over your chargers, your Apple charger for your iPhone, the Apple charger for the iPad. They also go over headphones, the earphones that come, the Apple earbuds, pods, as well as on the end of the uh, sync cable. Basically, these are great. They make your chargers have a personality so we can tell whose is whose. The only negative I had with my iPhone 5 was when we put it on the lightning sync cable 
it was difficult pushing it into my phone to charge. Maybe it's the case. So I had to take it off of that. But other than that, it's a great Kickstarter project. Again, it's Who's, W-H-O-O-Z. Highly recommended and a lot of fun. Take care, Rob. Thanks for all you do. And Happy New Year. We talk about Kickstarter projects pretty much close to every episode. We have done that pretty much for the past year plus now. And there is a very interesting article over at PCMag.com titled, Most Kickstarter Projects Fail to Deliver on Time. And by most, they mean 84% that missed their target delivery dates. CNN Money is the ones that actually looked at the 50 different projects with due dates of November 2012 or earlier and found only eight shipped on time or early. One we mentioned here was Cloud FTP. That was the one that shipped early or on time. Some that were slightly late were the Bridge, the Elevation Dock, and the MetaWatch Strata. And some that are pretty late, the Geode, which, well, we've talked that one to death already and why that one's late, tech issues. And then they had another category of where the frack is my product category. And that includes the Pebble Watch, the GTAR, and the Galileo. Now, that all said, John, listener John, forwarded me an email today he received from Pebble, which said it's almost time which they talk about a press event on Wednesday, November 9th at 9 a.m. Pacific time at room S228, that's South 228, at CES. If I am near there, I will try to stop by. I actually registered to go to that uh, press event, so we'll see if I can get there and report what uh, they had to say. Now, delays aside, let's get into a new Kickstarter project. This one was brought to our attention from Zed Alpha. It is the WinCase, spelled W-Y-N-C-A-S-E, one word. And this one, sadly, does not look like it will reach its goal. It has only until January 12th at 10 p.m. Eastern Time and has just raised a total of 20K towards a goal of 80K. What it is is another case for the iPhone that has gaming controls built in, but it is just $30. If you are looking for a case slash game controller for your iPhone 4 or 4S or 5 or iPod Touch 4th or 5th Gen, then do a search for WinCase, W-Y-N-C-A-S-E, over at kickstarter.com and tell your friends because they're going to need some help. Thanks to Fabio for this next one, which is a startup project not on Kickstarter, but on christystreet.com. Not sure we've ever covered a startup project on this site before. Anyway, the project we are talking about is called Doorbot, one word, D-O-O-R-B-O-T. It is a Wi-Fi enabled smart doorbell because, you know, all the times you push the simple little doorbell button, the person on the other side was probably saying, I wish I could see and talk to whoever is ringing my doorbell right here on my iOS device. This project has raised a total of $154,000, which would be really impressive if not for the fact they have a goal of $250,000 and just 16 days left to hit that goal. Really? $250K? Shakes head disapprovingly. Price for said doorbot is $169, so it's not cheap, at roughly half the price of an iPad mini, to put that in perspective. However, if you would like to monitor who is at your door on your iOS device, which for those that are mobility impaired, this is something you will want to check out at christystreet.com. Search for doorbot 
or look for the link in the show notes for episode 253 over at todayinios.com. Thanks to Margaret for the heads up on stick and find, one word, S-T-I-C-K-N-F-I-N-D, which is a project over at Indiegogo. This one is for Bluetooth stickers that you place on items you want to be able to find via your iOS device that are within about 100 feet. Think car keys, remotes, other iOS devices, the cat, your parents, or whatever you want to stick these to. The project has a goal or had a goal of 70,000, and I use past tense as a blue past that and are over $450,000 in pledges. This one will complete on January 14th at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. Two stickers will set you back $35. Four stickers will cost $65. Six stickers $90. And there are other price breakdowns, which I won't go over. So if you have things, pets, or people around your house you need to keep track of, this might be a project you want to check out. Again, it's called Stick and Find, one word, and is over at Indiegogo.com. And link is in the show notes for episode 253, of course. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Here is my review of the bridge. I am writing to you today from my black polycarbonate bridge Bluetooth keyboard. I was not an investor originally through Kickstarter because $220 seemed a bit steep to me. I was delighted to discover that they came out with a cheaper plastic speakered version for the holidays for only $120. I love it. It's black, so it looks great with my black iPad. It has transformed my iPad experience from a device where I consume information and flag communications that require a later response to a device that I actually want to write on. In the past, I would receive an email on my iPad and flag it for later. Short emails were possible, but longer communications, especially if they included copying and pasting from other docs, was frustrating and slow. The look and feel of my iPad is nothing short of a net notebook computer. The hinges are durable and seem well-constructed. The unit goes to sleep when closed and awakens when opened. There are brightness, volume, and media player buttons, as well as a reveal keyboard button, a search button, a lock button, and a home button on the keyboard. Easily attached, easily removed, this product is a dream. I only have one complaint and a word of advice for others. My bridge came with the iPad 2 fitted silicone shims on the hinges, and a big warning that the factory installed shims are for iPad 2 use only. My iPad 3 fit and was nice and snug. It took a bit of elbow grease to get the iPad out. However, based on the warning and my own paranoia, I removed the factory installed shims and replaced them with the iPad 3 4 silicone shims. The result? First, the factory did a better install job than I did. And second, the iPad 2 is smaller in depth, so my iPad 3 was tighter in the original shims. Now it's much easier to remove my iPad from the hinges. It certainly won't fall out, but I sort of miss how solid the whole thing felt originally. I regret removing the original shims. Happy New Year, Daniel. One Kickstarter project sending money back to users is the POP charging station. It was supposed to be a charging station where you could charge up iOS devices with both 30-pin and lightning connectors. They will be giving back almost $140,000 to funders, making it the biggest refund ever on Kickstarter. So are they doing this because they tried and failed? Nope. They're doing this because Apple will not let them make a charger that has both a lightning port or plug and a 30-pin or any other type plug or port. Yep. 
Apple had them kill this project and send back the money. Which, really? Apple? Really? It's bad enough that you changed a charging port. Now you will not even let those of us that have both 30-pin devices and lightning devices have a single charging station. Is that really so much to ask for? Boo, Apple. Boo. Switching gears. Business Insider has a chart from research firm City that shows about 54% of iPhone owners surveyed wanted a screen size larger than the iPhone 5s. Just 43% were happy with the current screen sizes, and 3% said, Cream? I, I don't need any cream. Of course, this might not be what they really need, the 40, 54% that is, just what they think they need. You know, the grass is greener on the other side type. Until you actually try to use said larger device and your thumbs to type on said 5-inch tablet device or put it in your front pocket, you might not realize how big and bulky and awkward those bigger devices really can be. Chromatic is an app that is getting some press, as it seems some VCs are falling over themselves to help fund this app, as they have already raised over $2 million from VCs. Congrats, guys, or actually guy. If anyone has used this app, please call in or write in with a review. The app is described as a digital sheet music app plus tool for recording music, and it uses the iPad mic to make sharing and storing of sound bites easy. And of course, if you have used this app to create any music, please send it in for the beginning of the show music. Again, that is the Chromatic app. C-H-R-O-M-A-T-I-K. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. As a parent, I thought you would like to know this. Regards, John. And this, or what John is talking about, is that the FTC is pushing for better data collection transparency in kids' apps. No, not that data collection devices are transparent, but that those collecting data are transparent in their collection methods. And no, not the people themselves are transparent, but their methods and how they do it are transparent. The FTC study looked at 400 children's apps currently in either or both Apple's App Store and the Google Play Store. Of these, 60% collected and transmitted info about the device to developers. And of that, 60%, only 20% gave a disclaimer about their data collection. They also said... Other app-related issues like in-app advertising and in-app purchases need to be reviewed and corrected. Or as a parent, you could, you know, just make sure your kid does not have the password to make in-app purchases. Or better yet, delete out said apps that have said in-app purchases and are geared towards kids. Because as a good parent, you do have restrictions on your iOS devices that do not allow your kids to install apps, right? So you, that means you know all the apps that are on your kid's device. And, and you do check each of those new apps that you install, right? 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 Hello, Rob. This is Dave Barton in Palm Springs, California. My problem is relatively simple, and maybe you can help. I have many friends and family members who use both an iPhone and an iPad. When I want to send them an iMessage, I'm never quite sure where it's going to, so I end up sending duplicate messages to all devices. Is there a simple way to know 
whether I'm sending specifically to an iPad or iPhone. I have checked the App Store, but don't seem to find anything that really uh, solves my problem. Thanks so much for your time, and I hope you have a happy and healthy new year. Hi, Dave. By design, the way iMessage works is for you, the sender, not to have to worry or be concerned about where you're sending said message to, just that you're sending said message to a specific ID. So let's say I register today in iOS at gmail.com to be the email that my iMessages are going to work with, or actually I've set up Rob at podcast411.com for my iMessages. Now, I can set that up for my iPhone, and I can set that up for my laptop, and I can set that up for my iPad. And then depending on which device I'm at, when you send that message, it'll go to all three devices and whichever one I happen to be using at that point in time, I'll see it and then reply to you. So that's how it's designed to be. So you don't need to know. What you need is for the people on the end to set up one contact, like again, mine, rob at podcast411.com for iMessage, to be active on all the devices that I use in a given day or over period of time. So again, with me, that's my iPhone and my laptop is the two key ones and then my extra iPhone. And if I wanted, then my wife's iPad, but actually I have her set up on a different one. So the key there is the end users are supposed to use the same iMessage account ID that they want to give out for all their devices to have it set up. So when you send the message, regardless of which device they're at, they'll get that message. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I was hoping Siri on my non-jailbroken iPhone 5 would give me spoken reminders based on time or location. I need them when driving, and visual reminders are a major distraction. Unfortunately, no soup for me. Is there a way to do this, maybe with third-party apps, or should I just hope that a future update will include the feature? Regards, Philip in Vermont. Hi, Philip. I am going to assume, and I know you should never assume, but I'm going to assume that you really don't want to wait for an update and that you are looking for a solution now rather than when iOS 7 or iOS 6.2 comes around. So that said... I'm going to send this one out to the listeners if anyone has any help here for Philip. Again, he's looking for Siri to give him spoken reminders based on time or location. Hi, Rob. I am looking for a developer to build a fully dynamic social networking app for iOS, iPhone specifically. Do you know of any developers or heard of any good groups that won't put a dent in your pocket but can be depended on? Please get back to me as soon as possible. Regards, David C. And now, developers in the audience, if you are looking for some work and want to work with David and are not too expensive, give me an email or shoot me an email to todayinios at gmail.com and just put David C. in the subject line and I will forward your contact information on to David. Hi, Rob. This is an interesting city a tweak. If you go to s-t-e-r-e-o-p-s-i-s dot com slash flux, F-L-U-X, it allows you to set up different color temperature for nighttime use on your iOS device and automatically switches to it on sunset. I have set it up on my iOS device and am currently testing it out. 
it is pleasing to look at, especially in cases where the lowest brightest set lowest brightness setting on my iPad was still a tad bit too bright. Of course, there are times when you need color accuracy. Then you can just disable the tweak in the settings app or the app that comes with it also comes with a feature to temporarily disable it for an hour. For those that are worried about CPU memory usage, the tweak is very small and the dev says that it just uses CPU when the color temperature is actually changed. Cheers, Sebastian. Sebastian, thank you for the heads up on that app. And you can find that in Cydia by searching for f.lux. f.lux, it is a free app in the Cydia App Store. Hi Rob, happy new year. Is there a way to restrict or have a passcode for just messages and emails? As my nieces and nephews always use my iPhone, I don't really want them reading them. A passcode for everything is a pain. If I have to do it every time I pick up the phone, regards, Natasha. Well, Tesh, I will throw that one out to the jailbreak crowd on which app they prefer for said job. I know in the past we've talked about a few different tweaks to lock down specific apps or folders, and then you put the apps you want protected in a folder that you keep locked. If anyone is using one of these tweaks on iOS 5.x, Please let us know which one, 206-666-6364, that's 206 Moondog. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, is there a way to look up previously entered passwords such as those for wireless access points, SSIDs that have been previously entered? This is easy to do in OS X with Keychain and for passwords managed by browsers like Firefox. I have been using Personal Hotspot on my iPhone 4S to support several family iPads. There are times when it just doesn't work and the Apple Genius Bar says the first thing to do is try resetting the network in iOS. This means losing all of the previously entered network passwords and friends and family homes passwords. At least if I could grab them in something or with something like Keychain, it would be a little easier. Anything you can suggest regards Joe. Again, I'm going to crowdsource this one. If there's anyone out there listening that can help Joe out, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206 Moondog. Aloha, Rob. This is Kona from Honolulu, Hawaii. I love your show. Wanted to ask if anyone has any problems with the Bluetooth feature with iPhone 5 with the Beats Dr. Dre Beats headsets, wireless headsets. I had the problem ever since I had this phone, even with the updates, I still have the problem. Thing is happening is when I'm listening to anything on the headsets, it'll pause, the song will pause, and, and I have to push the forward button or some other button to get it going again. And this, this is such a problem that I end up plugging my headsets back into the phone. Don't know if anyone else is having this issue, but I just want to know if anybody um, is having this issue and knows how to fix it. And in regards with the Bluetooth for the GM not working, I have a 2012 Chevy Traverse and the Bluetooth feature is wonderful. Never had a problem with that feature. It's works so well when the call comes in a little prompt comes on the screen that says do i want to transfer that call to a headset to the handset or 
to the default, which is the car. And so never had that issue. I don't know why and where everyone's having problems, but I don't have it. Maybe I should have bought a Chevy Traverse. But anyway, thanks again. Happy New Year, Rob, and have a great day. Aloha. Kona, thank you for the email. And per your request, I'm going to send that one out there. If any, because I don't have the Beats or the Dre Beats headphones, wireless or wired. So if anyone has the wireless ones and if they've had any issues, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Thanks to Levi and others that sent in this next one, which is good news for those that want to keep jailbreaking around, and that is Haculus has shut down and the Installus app is gone. I never really talked much or almost at all about Installus on the show, other than to maybe say I don't approve of it. It was a jailbreak app that allowed people to pirate other apps, legal apps that were in the iTunes App Store. And sadly, this is the app that made many people think jailbreaking meant pirating, which it does not. Now, I'm not saying people didn't pirate apps, because clearly they did. There was a time when the TII app, for instance, if it was installed with Installus, would not work. And people would email me asking why the TII app does not work, and I would say, are you jailbroken? And they'd say, yes. And then I'd say, do you have the Installus app by any chance? And they go, well, yeah, but that's not how I installed your app. Um, yeah, okay. And I would laugh. Really, don't email the app owner if the pirated version does not work. Kind of uncool. Anyway, good news that Installus is no more. Okay, yeah, kind of hypocritical to play music from a work that's not in public domain to celebrate the death of an app that violates owner's rights. Shh, make believe you did not notice that. Staying on the jailbreak theme here. Hi Rob, I want to talk about AUXO, A-U-X-O, a sweet little tweak for a switcher. Works smooth. I also have Switchy running to give a double layer switcher and use Spring uh, Atomize to shrink the icon slightly. Fully compatible as far as I can tell so far. Now has iOS 5.1x compatibility. Regards, Levi. Well, thanks, Levi, and others that sent in info on this. AUXO is a very, I guess it's pronounced OXO, is a very cool redesign of the app switcher. I have a link to a site where there's a video for this and it shows that this is what Apple should have done in iOS 6 and should really steal for iOS 7. In the switcher, rather than the icon, it shows a shrunken version of the open app. And to close the app, you swipe down on it and in the app switcher, that is, and the app just pulls out and it closes off. If you tap and hold on one of the open apps, it asks if you want to close out all open apps. Yay, team! We have in the past had multiple requests from people about how to force quit out all your open apps at once. AUXO OXO does that for you, and right there makes it worth the $1.99 price for this app, which is sold in the Cydia App Store. 
There are other really cool features as well, such as improved music controls and two row, rows of toggles, such as the Wi-Fi or Bluetooth toggle and others. This is a really, really good jailbreak tweak. Uh, some In the video, the, the guy who reviews multiple jailbreak tweaks calls it the one of the best or the best he's seen. And this is why Apple needs jailbreaking. It is where good ideas can come from. If you are not jailbroken, then you need to hope someone at Apple is seeing this and takes notes and then hope and pray it is around on iOS 7. But for those of you that are jailbroken, all you need to do to get it now is a buck 99 and you can have it installed ASAP on your iOS device. Thanks again to all that sent in this one. If you're someone that likes to upload lots of videos to YouTube and want to do it quickly and easily and want to do a little touch up on the videos before, such as color correction, trimming, and adding some music to the tracks from some of the built-in music tracks that they make available in the app, not from stolen music, uh, then you may want to check out the app YouTube Capture. That's YouTube Capture. It's two words. It's free in the App Store. A new version just went up today. I like the rotate to start recording feature. That's where you hold the iPhone vertically, but once you rotate it into landscape mode, it starts recording. Again, did I mention it was free? As in zip, nada, zilch, no cost to you? Search for YouTube Capture, two words, in the App Store. Thanks to the dev for the heads up on this app. Just an update about an update to the Squirrel app. Since the last episode, they have added search history and suggestions, both nice new features. Again, the Squirrel app is free, and that's spelled S-Q-U-R-L. If you like to search out new videos, the Squirrel app is for you. I mean, unless you just like being stuck searching in YouTube, well then, fine, be that way. But for those looking to search outside the box, then there is Squirrel, S-Q-U-R-L, free in the App Store. Hey Rob, this is Doug in D.C. I'm listening to episode 252, and you're report about Instagram and their new TOS. I've been using Instagram for about a year and uh, there's nothing in their new privacy TOS that is not understandable by the general public. I myself, I'm sticking with Instagram. However, I'm just going to watermark my photos. Those that I think may be sold or those that I care about, I'm just going to watermark them. Up until now, can't do anything about the photos that are not watermarked, but I'm not surprised Facebook bought Instagram, and this is just something that I expected to happen at some point in the future. Anyway, great show. I listen to it all the time. Kudos. Happy holidays to you and your family. Bye. I had a mixed lot of feedback. Some people said, that's it. They're done with Instagram. Others, like you, said, no, nope, they're going to stick with it, and they're not surprised. I think the biggest issue for Instagram was that their new change to terms of service was understood by the public, not that it wasn't understood. And when people understood what the new terms of service were and that they were kind of sucky, uh, it caused people to have a little backlash on Instagram and it caused Instagram to backpedal and change back their terms of service so that, you know, they're not able to sell your pictures to advertisers. Uh, you know, they, the way it was written was pretty bad. I mean, it wasn't friendly. It was like, hey, we have the right to sell your stuff. Now, they might not have meant that, but that's sure what it said. Anyway, they've backpedaled and changed it, and they'll probably make another change in the near future once they regroup and try to figure out how to make it less 
I would say, what's the word I want to use for? Objectionable or controversial? Yeah, one of the two. Uh, but hopefully the next time they'll actually solicit a little bit of feedback from their users before they make the changes public. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I recently heard on the podcast regarding how someone was not able to see the apps that he had downloaded in the past on the App Store on his iOS device. I had a similar problem, so I looked at my app purchases on iTunes on my iMac and found that I had over 1,600 downloads. Therefore, I hit about 1,100 apps from my history, and now I can see my purchased apps on my iOS device. Thanks for the podcast. Regards, Josh P. in Idaho. Hi, Rob. I'm writing on behalf of my boss. He's looking for a way to record the screen on the iPhone. It would be a feed from a security camera that gets forwarded to his iPhone that he wants to record. I know jailbreaking would be the easiest, but that's not for him. I know it's a long shot, but I also know your audience is a great group of collective minds. Thanks for everyone's help. Regards, GJ Medina. Hi, DJ. Outside of jailbreaking, I'm not sure on this one, so I'm going to throw it out to the audience. If anyone can help DJ, let us know. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. My question today is I upgraded to the iPhone 5 with Sprint. I would like to take my iPhone 4S and unlock it to use on AT&T or Verizon. How do I go about doing this? Everything I read online states Sprint only unlocks GSM for international usage. Regards, David. Hi, David. You will need to call Sprint or go to one of their locations. Tell them you upgraded your iPhone, iPhone to the iPhone 5 and you have the iPhone 4S you purchased through them that is now not on an account and you want to get it unlocked for use when you travel out of the country. Tell them you are looking for a permanent unlock. As long as you are in good standing with your account, they should unlock it. That doesn't mean they will. That means they should. It really all depends on the person you talk to. Some of them are going to tell you you need to contact Apple. No, that is bad advice. Sprint is the one that needs to do the unlock, and then there'll be some restore that you have to do. Again, if they do the unlock, that should allow you to use it on any GSM carrier, U.S. or international, but not Verizon. I will also check on the show, and that's what I'm doing right now, but I think that the best you can do is what I just said, and again, it's going to depend on who you talk to, I suggest calling Sprint first if they say no or, quote, they can't, unquote, which is really just no, then go to the local Sprint store or wait a few minutes and call them back and then you'll get another person and just keep calling them back until you finally get to somebody that actually knows what they're doing. It seems like a lot of the times how much you get really depends on who you get on the phone. One more email. Hi, Rob. Per the AT&T $100 credit on the iPad, this time, it's good regardless of where you purchase the device. Regards, John in Gilbert, Arizona. Hi, John. Thanks for the heads up on this. So if you buy an iPad or iPad mini, any flavor, as long as it's LTE, that is, and you sign up with AT&T for a two-year agreement, you get $100 credit on your bill. So no matter where you purchased it or even if it was given to you, if it has LTE and you sign up for a two-year, as in 24-month commitment, that's 365 times two, you can get a $100 credit. This is even true if you sign up for the $10 mobile share option, 
which really, after the $100 credit, makes it a $5.83.333 plan. Unless you cancel in the next two years, then there is a $150 early termination fee. Watch out for that. A quick reminder, I'll be speaking at Blog World New Media Expo in Las Vegas this next week, which will be going on from January 6th to the 8th. I'll be speaking about how to podcast 100% from an iPad, and my speech is Monday the 7th at 10.30 a.m. Las Vegas time. We at Libsyn will also have a booth at the show, booth 517. Please stop by and say hi. I am the bald guy, not to be mistaken with the girl that has long hair. So I think you kind of could have figured out I wasn't the girl. And uh, please, when you do stop by, I would love to get a picture with you, uh, especially if you are a Libsyn customer. And um, if you are a Libsyn customer, we'll get your picture with Sarah as well. If you want to save 20% off a new media pass, use promo code WALCH20, that is W-A-L-C-H-2-0, and that is a C-H, not an S-H, WALCH20. Hope to see some of you at the show. I am also speaking on Tuesday the 8th, or is that, yeah, Tuesday the 8th at 10.30 a.m. Las Vegas time. So the 7th is the iPad speech, and the 8th is going to be a panel about podcast distribution. But other than those times, I'll be at the Libsyn booth. Hope to see you there. And hey, I also got my press passes for CES, as I've mentioned before, and I'll be over at CES where I'm going to meet Hector on the 9th. And yes, that is the last time you have to hear this reminder about CES and Blog World New Media Expo. Well, at least for this time of the year, maybe nine, ten months from now, I'll start talking about it again. As always, if you have any comments, questions, answers to others' questions, tips, tricks, app reviews, product reviews, rumors, speculation, rants, or anything else iOS-related in some way, shape, or form, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or email us at todayandios at gmail.com. If you have not purchased the TI app, it's just $2.99 in the App Store, and it is the best way to consume the show. And it also has push notifications where you can get up-to-the-minute information when there's breaking news or if there's special deals. Plus, it helps support the show. Again, just search for TII in the iTunes App Store. Next episode probably is not going to be till the end of next week, given that I'll be at CES until the middle of the week. But I'm going to try to get some work in uh, while I'm at CES and get some show notes and other things prepped early. But should be a fun and exciting month. Hopefully Apple has some January surprise to pull the air out of CES uh, and gives us something to talk about next week. If you have any ideas on what Apple might announce in the next week to pull the air out of CES shoot me an email ahead of time or a voicemail and we'll play them on the next show, whoever gets it right. And that will wrap us up on this show. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today and iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for TII.
Thank you.